I'm just yelling. <laughs> oh, boy. Pastor Nelson, I believe when you gave the prophetic word. You may not know this, but Pastor Nelson throughout the years has had a word spoken over to him time and time again, and it's been progressive, and it's always been associated with a boat. <laughs> and his passion for ministry, and the, the first one was, I believe you're in a boat, but it's tied to the dock. And the next one that came was something to the effect of you're in a boat, but there's going to be storms around you or something like that. Today you said it's time to get out of the boat. Amen. And I believe that you're going to walk on water. There's something miraculous that is going to happen when you walk out and God talks to you and you're in your comfort zone and you're moving around just comfortably and then God's going to say, do you hear me? And you're going to say, yeah. And he's going to say, take a step. And when you do that, you think things are happening. When you do that, the miraculous will happen. And when you were sharing this morning, I believe God said, David, tell Pastor Nelson that he's going to step out of the boat. So I submit that to you. You are my pastor. <sighs> pastor Daniel shared. He, he, he shared my sermon. So I thought if he shares it now, I might as well jump in and just do the second part of it. If you're in Sunday school, you can be dismissed now. Brother Kevin and Sister Sandy, we've only gotten to know you in the last few months. We had the opportunity, Winona and I, to have coffee with you a few weeks ago. And in my conversations with you, um, Kevin and Sandy have a large family. They have six children. Is that correct? But your heart is even bigger than your six children. And when I see you, I see, and, and you've mentioned this to me, so some of this is knowledge that you've told me, you shared a bit with me, with your passion, but I believe God's, God's going to enlarge your capacity. And you can't help but look at a child, look at a young person, and love them. You, you just can't help it. <laughs> In fact, you've probably tried not to. <laughs> you've tried to turn that off. But there's something powerful in you that you just, you just grab them and you love them. And you're their defender. And I, as we were worshiping, I was on the stage today and I looked at you and I just saw you growing in that. So I, I want to just, I'll submit that to you. But I believe God's going to even give it to you greater, in a greater way. I titled my sermon, Finding God in the Middle of Life. And I have a Christmas aspect to it. I, I love Christmas. 
but I don't want to have this sermon just about the baby Jesus. I want to have this sermon about what God is doing. So if you could turn with me, I want to start with Matthew chapter 2. Pastor Daniel, he shared the passage out of Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 where it says, um, Emmanuel, God with us. Do you know that when Christ came, God came? <laughs> when Christ came, He didn't just come and say, here, I'm just another person. He, God with us. And so I want to just take a few moments this morning. I want to reiterate some of the words that Pastor Daniel shared. I confirm what Pastor Nelson shared. And I believe God's going to touch hearts today. So if you're in Matthew chapter 2, we're just going to read a few verses here. Um, verse 1 through to about verse 12. I want to just give you a little picture and then I'd like to share what the thoughts that God gave to me about this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Hmm. This morning we were worshiping him. I love worship. I love worship. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, because actually he was the king of the Jews at that time. For someone to come and tell him, we're come to see the king of the Jews, it's like, hello. And he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And this, this just amazes me. They actually knew where he was going to be born. So he gets them all together and he says, where? And they said to him, well, it's in Bethlehem for it's written by the prophet out of Micah. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. Can you imagine a star appearing? <laughs> Can you imagine like a star just appears? And these guys weren't stupid. They were magi, wise men. They were guys that were schooled in this stuff. And he sent, and he sent them to Bethlehem because Herod knew where Jesus was born now, Christ, and he said, go search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. God is in charge of the stars. 
They don't make up their mind which way they're going to go. He says, you go. He must have fun with the comets playing pinball. And he stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. This time of year should be a time of exceedingly great joy. This time of year should be a time of year of exceedingly great joy. I got seven there. I went from three to seven. This time of year should be the time of year of exceedingly great joy. Hallelujah. We have the greatest celebration of all. Christ. So they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house... They saw the young child and Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. That's like us going up into the nursery, picking a child and falling down in front of that child and worshipping them. Like, seriously. What distinguished this little two-year-old or child, because he wasn't a baby at that time, he was a little older. If you see the Greek, he's not a baby like he is in Luke. This one's he's a little bit older. But they go and they worship him. That's like going up into the nursery, finding a child, like, hello, I'm more dignified than that. There's no way I'm going to bow before a little baby, a child. And they bow before him and worship him. Today, we're about worship. One of the things that defines solid rock is worship. I'm not interested in worship for the sake of worship. I'm interested in worship because of His presence. And I have found when we worship, there's I could literally, I felt the presence of God literally come down today. And I, let, let me give you a little pointer. When you're in trouble, worship. When you're doing good, worship. When you're anywhere in between, worship. Have an attitude. Don't just come for the two and a half hours, I mean, hour and 45 minutes here Sunday morning. <laughs> Don't just come here to worship. Develop worship everywhere you are. Carry it with you. My dad taught me that. When things would go wrong, my dad literally would say, thank you, Jesus. I had a pastor who looked at him and couldn't believe it, and, and, and he said, Benny, which was my dad's name, he said, Benny, every time something goes wrong, you just say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And I remember hearing that. And Pastor Daniel remembers hearing that. I was taught how to worship. No matter what time of the day it is, worship. Come and fall before him and worship. It says, and not only that, but then when they worshiped, they opened their treasures and, and I've heard somebody say it wasn't just a little, like, mason jar full of, like, myrrh. Here you go, baby. They had treasures. They brought treasures. And it wasn't just necessarily three. We, we pictured it as three wise men because that's all the stage could handle when they started making Christmas programs. 
But when you study it, you find out that they traveled from the east, and there's many different views on it, but they did not travel alone. They had, as you would call it in today's language, an entourage. And they brought what they had, and they represented those from where they came from. And they brought, and can you imagine a little child? I I loved having little Isabel up here this morning. By the way, parents, your children are allowed to come and crawl on the stage and on here during worship. I don't care. I'd rather them come and get a touch from God here than have a not experience God at all. I want them comfortable. I, I would not be surprised if little Isabel has encounters with Jesus before she even knows how to properly talk. So I want to encourage you, Sunday mornings when we say come and worship, I don't, I don't mind if your child comes and they crawl. They might start worshiping here. They might lead us into worship. We are a kid-friendly church. Anyways, where did I go off on that? They brought him treasures. Can you imagine a child and then you bring a treasure chest of stuff for that child? Not only did they come to worship, but then they brought a treasure chest. And when they had presented, then they presented gifts, gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, not Frankenstein, frankincense, and myrrh. And what I'd like you to to see Jerusalem and Bethlehem were only like six miles apart. It amazes me that Herod, being freaked out like he was, didn't get on a horse or a camel or a mule and think, I'm going to go that six miles and figure this out. I mean, sometimes people who are criminals are stupid, and I'm glad they are. But in the midst of life, there was a quiet period of about 400 years. The end of Malachi to the beginning of Matthew is approximately what they refer to as the 400 silent years. And in that time, life just became life. Day became day, became week, became month. And here it was, somebody that was not even a Jew, somebody that was not even connected with the Scriptures, somebody that was not even connected with the lineage or the understanding of Christ, all of a sudden sees his star. (laughs) And he comes from afar to look and say, where is he? Pastor Daniel was sharing how we can be so bogged down in life that we actually miss God. And the picture that Pastor Daniel says, well, God sent his son, but he says he opened up the heavens. I would suggest to you that the heavens were ripped open. And all of God came down onto earth. 
Because you can't have a little bit of God. You either have God or not. You can't get 5% of God. When you accept God, you get everything He is. So when God came with us, and it says when Emmanuel in Isaiah 7, 14, God with us, it wasn't like a watered down version of God. It was 100% God. Now he laid down his divinity and took on humanity. It didn't mean that he wasn't God. It was 100% God and he's 100% man. I can't figure that out. But you can take that up with God and ask him to explain it. And when he explains it, it will just be like, oh, okay. But he came with us and God ripped open the heavens. The thought that God gave me this morning or this week was we need to understand what God's up to. I believe a lot of our counseling, I believe a lot of our situations that we're involved in, I believe a lot of the answers we're looking for are actually right in front of us. If we would take time and say, God, what are you doing? Instead of, what is going on, God? So as I was studying this week, I wrote down a few thoughts here. Understanding God, finding God in the middle of life. Do you know that God is intentional? He is very, he didn't just say, ah, December 25th, year zero. I think today's a good day. It says in Galatians, when the fullness of time, God sent his son. He was very intentional. God is intentional with every single thing in your life. Luciana, God is very intentional with you. When he speaks to you, when he talks to you, he has got so much intention and purpose behind that. He's not just, well... I've got a few minutes to spare. Let's see what Luciana's up to. No, he says, oh, I've got the whole world. I love Luciana. God is intentional. He's not haphazard. <laughs> He's not like one of those guys that, you know, like, oh, what just happened? Oh, no. I didn't think that was going to happen. Now what do I do? You know, have you ever seen somebody trying to clean up a mess just making another mess? And then they try to make, clean up that mess and they spill something else and make another mess and, and you see all these guys just running trying to help and all they do is just like fumble and flip and, you know, and by the time they're done it's like the whole place is just a disaster. And you look at it and go, what happened? Well, I spilled a cup of water. God is not haphazard. He is so refined, so good at what he does. He is perfectly, completely, unequivocally superb in his plan. As one man would say, who my kids went to Bible school when they did their one year of internship, he is stellar. So how do you find God in the midst of life? I want you to see 
what the wise men did. When the people around them were all looking like this, the wise men saw a star. When everybody else was looking in the books, trying to find out where would Jesus be born? What is this? I mean, Jerusalem was shocked and surprised. Herod was troubled and Jerusalem with him, it says. There was a, a stirring. The rumor mill went faster than Facebook. I mean, it went round and round and round and round. They picked up their can and their straw and they said, do you know what happened? No, what happened? And, I mean, it went fast. And everybody was looking this way. Have you ever been stuck in the middle of something that you can't see your way out? Or should I say, you don't think you can see your way out? Here's my word for you. Change where you're looking. Change where you're looking. The wise men, they didn't look this way. They looked and saw a star. God took Abraham and he said to Abraham, come outside and look to the stars. Because Abraham looked and all Abraham could see was his inability and his wife's inability. He could not see beyond what he was capable of doing. And God says, you need to get a perspective of who I am. And I am not just linear like this, but I am multidimensional. Look to the skies. Look above where you are and see what is God doing here. He's got the stars and he designed one star, whatever that was, a supernova, a comet, whatever you want to call it. But he said, I want you to go from there to there and stop. And it did. And I believe God has answers for every single one of you today. That if we would get out, and you say, well, I can't help but get in. It's, it's all around me. I understand that. I live a life too. But there's something about instead of looking this way to say, God, what are you doing? What's going on here? Show me. And all of a sudden, you will see a star. And it will lead you. And it will bring you to places that you never expected. Do you know those wise men traveled approximately 600 miles? And by camel or by horse, whichever way it was, that's a long ways to travel on a hard behind it's not like driving in a jet God will take you places that you would not see even in your neighborhood when he shows you what he is up to it will take you places that nobody else would ever see 
So what are you looking at? I love the show. <laughs> I'm, I, if I evaluate the shows I like, it's about showing how silly we are as people. <laughs> One of the shows is Canadian, Canada's Worst Driver. <laughs> I, I just love watching somebody drive worse than me. Anybody seen that show? You know? And some of the things they get these guys to do, it's like, hello, there's a gas pedal and a brake pedal. Use it and you'll be okay. No, no. But one of the first lessons they teach them every single year is you go where you're looking. Literally, that's one of the first lessons they teach you is you go where you're looking. And then they have these guys and they drive through an upside-down horseshoe and it's hilarious. The big styrofoam thing and it's, it's like this. And their car with their mirrors, and, and they give them a brand new car when they start this thing. It's like, <laughs> just give it to me and I'll let them use my pickup truck. I'll be happy with that. But they give them a brand new spanking looking gorgeous vehicle. And about 20 seconds into the show, it's already missing a mirror. And, and these guys, and they say, now, you can make it through there, but you just have to go where you're looking. And you have to look there. So what happens? The guy starts, and then they start to go. <laughs> and you see one horseshoe, and it's styrofoam. And all of a sudden, you hear it go. Poof, and it falls down. And then you see the car swerve, and the car go. And then, poof, and before you know it, they've hit like all six of them down. And out of a group of ten, like literally only one guy makes it. And then they sit down and say, what did you do wrong? Well, I didn't look where I was supposed to go. So what do you mean? What did you look at? I looked at the obstacle. And I was so fixated with the obstacle. I mean, some of them run right. They don't just hit it with the mirror. Some of like the bumper. Like, it's, it's right in front of them. And I sit there and I laugh. I mean, it's... It's Mary Hart does uh, good like medicine. I mean, it's medicine to me to watch that show. <laughs> In the same way, you go where you're looking. You do. And these wise men, they did something that the whole nation of Israel missed. Everybody that was religious, that had connections, that were like the chosen ones, they all missed it. And here came this group of guys, wise men from the east, saying, we saw something up there that led us to here. So my word for you today is very simple. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? I'll give you something because I'm just, I just love playing with words. So I'll give you a, one of my things because it took me a lot of time to come up with it so I better give it to you. <laughs> change your view, change your future. And then I got another one with that one because I enjoy that. 
Learn to spell future. View. Sure. Instead of saying futures, what do you see? What is your view? Sure. Because you will go where you see. I've got a couple other ones here, but I, I'll just leave it at that. Um, give them to you. Oh, boy. Okay. Here's something for you. Before something happens on earth, it happens in heaven. So when Jesus sent his son, it happened on earth, but it was sent from heaven. So anything you're facing on earth, God's already figured it out. That one was in yellow. Um, when God changes your name, oh, I love this one about Abram going to Abraham. He had to change the way he looked. He had to change the way he looked at his wife. He had to change the way he looked at everything else. He had to change his view. And when he changed his view, he changed his future. And God not only did that, but then God says, no longer you be called exalted father, which was, I thought, a pretty good name. That's not a bad name, exalted father. He says, I'm going to call you father of many nations, Abraham. When God speaks to you and God changes your view, your whole life changes. Your identity changes. Your name changes. Now listen, it's what God calls you, not what you call yourself. God said change your name. And what I love about that is quite often we are told don't tell anybody your dreams. God says no, don't tell anybody your dreams. I'm just going to change your name and everybody's going to know your name. And they're going to know your dream. I've got some crazy dreams. I've got some Crazy dreams. Um, I'm changing my view. And I'm looking to the future. One of my crazy dreams is this building will not be able to contain everyone and everything that God's doing. And I'm not talking about just about blowing out the walls because that's something we will have to do. But I believe that we are going to impact Abbotsford in a way that no other church impacts it in Abbotsford. And I'm not trying to be bragging. I'm just saying I believe God's going to do something. I believe we're going to impact British Columbia. People in Parliament in Victoria and in Ottawa are going to know about solid rock. Why? Because we represent Him. I'm changing my view. I'm not just looking at these four walls. I'm looking at this nation. I believe we've got people in here that are doctors. I believe we have people in here that are lawyers. I believe we've got people in here that are politicians. In fact, we might even have a prime minister in our midst. Come on. Change your view. Oh, Pastor Daniel, you said that and you got me going. Let me see if I got any other ones. Hallelujah. Do you receive this? So what do you do?
start asking, instead of in, in, instead of in exasperation saying, God! Or using one of his other names, say, say, God, what are you saying? When you ask the right question, you'll get the right answer. If you ask the wrong question, you're never going to get the right answer. This week, I was challenged when I was listening to somebody on audio to start asking God, what are you doing? One of my dreams, uh, you're going to love this because it's going to involve you. I've asked God to highlight people that I would speak to. So this morning, Kevin and Sandy, it wasn't that I was picking on you, but God highlighted you. Luciana, God highlighted you to me. He highly, he, whoa, you're just a sponge just saying, give it, give it, give it. That's what I see. Just let me take it. Let me take it. That's what I see. Somebody so hungry. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm not going to go, I, no, no. Whenever God speaks, it's to edify. Okay? So prophetically, when we minister here, it is not to expose people's laundry. It's to expose their future, to edify and to build them up. Okay? So I, when I speak, I want to speak to the future. I know Pastor Nelson will speak to the future. Pastor Daniel, they may relate to things that have happened, but it's always to give you a hope, a desire, and a future. So, I get, oh, so sidetracked. Learn to say, in the midst of life, when one person's calling, another person's calling, you feel the walls coming in, caving in, learn in the middle of that to change the perspective and say, God, what are you saying? Pastor Daniel preached on developing a Holy Spirit awareness. Develop an awareness that says, God, Nothing happens here that hasn't happened, been approved, aware of, sanctioned, and allowed in heaven. Anything that's happening here, you're aware. It says he even knows the rulers. I was listening to a guy. He's, he says, you, you read the book of Revelation, and it's like he tells Satan, okay, you can play now. And they said, okay, that's enough. Like, like he has ordained, he's said it, he's established it, he knows it. So no matter where you are in life, what are you saying, God? You want to write this down because this, this will help you. Very simply, learn to ask the question, what are you saying, God? Learn to say, what are you doing, God? And what will happen is it will change you from looking here to looking up. And then you'll see his star. And then he will lead you to the promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before Pastor Daniel closes the, the sermon, we haven't forgotten the offering. I know you're all worried about that. We haven't forgotten it. Um, oh, come on. God's given me a funny sense of humor this morning. I mean, it's better than usual. 
That was funny. Um, I want to close the service. Pastor, Nel, uh, Pastor Daniel will take care of whoever he's asked or if he's doing the offering and announcements. Um, I'd like to ask my wife and I that we'll be at the back. We want to, as a Christmas, I want to just bless you. So I want to shake your hands and I want to love on you as you leave today. So I'm not picking on you. I'm not, I, I just want to, I want to bless you. And I believe, I believe my handshake carries a blessing. <laughs> so I'll be honest with you. If you're smart, you want to get a handshake. Like, I'm serious, okay? I believe my handshake carries a blessing. Um, before we do that, Shawneen, it is so good to see you today. Why don't you stand up? This young girl's a fighter. Stay standing up. Sister Sheila, you stand up. This younger lady is a fighter. Amen. Just stay where you are, and I'd like to ask three or four ladies, three or four men, quickly, right now, just gather around them, and we're just going to pray, um, specifically because these are situations that are not just, I've got a cold, but we're fighting cancer, and we're fighting a kidney, and we're fighting it, God's fighting it, and I'm decreeing healing. I want you to stretch forth your hands, and after we pray, Pastor Daniel will take it from there. Yes, there will be ministry afterwards. Just Pastor Winona and myself will not be doing it. I'll ask Pastor Nelson and or Pastor Daniel and a few others, the team. Heavenly Father, we bring Shawneen before you, and we thank you for the miracle that you have performed already. We thank you for your timing and you finding things and protecting little baby Jean and taking care of Shawneen completely. And we declare and we decree 100% healing. Cancer, you are not bigger than God. You must bow to him and you must run and flee. So we speak to you now in the name of Jesus. Gone now completely. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing. And Lord, I love my sister Sheila. Lord, and she does not waver, but she's an anchor that says, my anchor is true and it's you. And Lord, we release kidney, two of them, to function properly, wholly, completely healthy, that she's going to run around with joy at what you have provided. Lord, she already has them in amazement at how she does, but you're going to even cause her to do even better. You are going to heal her completely, and she will be whole. Lord, I speak and I release your healing over Sheila right now. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, just be a real fun daddy to her this week. Like... Like, make her laugh. Make her like, what are you up to, God? Hey, Dad, what are you doing? Let her have like a real fun time with you this week. Because you are her strength.